So do you have a tip or suggestion for, we have a lot of um, moms watching that um, are maybe in a corporate world or maybe they're stay-at-home moms, but they want to start a business. What's one of the best tips that you can give them to set them up for success as they shift into this like new world? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing is like, it's always nerve wracking jumping into entrepreneurship because it's so foreign. You haven't necessarily been trained in anything Um, like newsflash. Nobody was, no, none of us were trained in that. Like, it's not like some (laughs) secret skill that some of us have and some of us don't. It's just about experience. I would say that as a mom, you've already gotten the best on the job training that exists for entrepreneurship. Like you've literally run the gauntlet. You know, there's really nothing you can't handle at this point. Um, Entrepreneurship is hard. You know, it's unrelenting. There's going to be days when you're both smiling and laughing. And then like two hours later, you're like crying. So, you know, it's hard in that way. But again, you don't have anything to be worried about because you've already have been doing the hardest job that that exists. Um, So I, I think, yeah, I think that having that attitude of like, hey, I you know, I'm coming in eyes wide open. I know I'm going to have to bring my best self to this and, and, you know, really master, especially your personal productivity. Um, then you're going to be, you're going to do great. The one tip I have is around, you know, your personal time, your personal productivity, especially if you're leaving an office environment, there's nobody checking up on you. There's no one going to be asking you, Tiffany, did you get your work done? Where's this thing? I'm waiting on it. And it can be really tempting to fall into that pattern of doing work that you feel like doing. Yeah. Now that's a dangerous trap because what's exciting about entrepreneurship is the results that you start getting from it. And you're only going to start getting results if you do the work that's going to build your business and forget the work that's not going to build your business. So um, for me, again, it comes back to planning your week really taking a hard look at your schedule, carving out that time for your most leveraged priority, finding ways to delegate systems and work that aren't really going to get you that, that long-term result. Um, And, you know, you can even take as drastic an action as time tracking every single hour of your day, just bringing that hyper attention and hyper awareness to your time. It might sound extreme, but just like tracking your calories when you're trying to lose weight, time tracking is one of those things that enables you to find and save a ton of time and energy without even really doing that much work for it. It just sort of happens as you start time tracking. So yeah, for me, it would be like, Hey, you know, don't take your eye off the ball, focus on your personal productivity and keep at it. You're going to be successful. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, Right now we have Carrie Bentley with us. She is a productivity expert and co-founder of the Life Hack Method. Through her seven-figure productivity coaching company, she's helped more than 50,000 professionals who want to prevent burnout and create more freedom in their lives. Prior to co-founding Lifehack Method, she worked in corporate brand management, managing billion-dollar brands. She now lives a nomadic lifestyle with her husband and co-founder, Demir, and their two-year-old daughter. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Tiffany. It's awesome to be here, especially since I know you're very familiar with our Lifehack Method and have even taken some of our programs. So I'm, I'm super happy to talk today. 
Yes. I was so excited to have you on because I love everything you guys teach and I'm super excited to share it with my audience as well. So um, we're, I would love to get started today, just kind of talking about like your journey. Where did you guys yeah. start and what made you, you know, take the leap into becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. So both of my husband and I are classic sort of like, you know, work hard, long hours type of people. And 10 years ago, before we had started our business, we both sort of assumed that to become successful, we just needed to keep working hard, to keep following the example of our bosses and coworkers around us. And unfortunately, that very quickly led to burnout. Um, in, in my case, I've already have a chronic stress-related illness. In my husband's case, he developed one thanks to overworking. Um, and as a result, we were both just feeling so unmotivated. We were miserable every day. We found ourselves spending a lot of time with people that we didn't really care about that much. And we realized we're not the kind of people we wanted to be surrounding ourselves with. And so we really were just, we looked at each other and we were like, we need to rethink this whole thing, like everything. Um, for us, that did end up looking like entrepreneurship, but I think the, uh, the biggest shift for us was completely redesigning our workflow and being willing to color outside the boxes when it came to everything that we were doing day to day, whether it was for our corporate job or whether it was for the business that we were building. And fast forward to today, uh, we have a workflow that allows us to work just four hours a day, yet get results far beyond anything we used to have before. So that's what I'm really, really proud of um, in terms of how we do things differently now. And like you, like you mentioned, we now teach um, our clients how to do something similar with their workflow. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. So when you became entrepreneurs, how, what were some of the things that you did that gave you more of that, you know, control back over your life and flexibility that you wanted? Yeah. I mean, I think um, the biggest thing is being willing to look at all 168 hours of your week and really plan out your week in advance consistently every single week. And actually we have a book coming out uh, in July called Winning the Week, which is all about specifically our pre-planning approach. Um, but the biggest sort of like shift for us in terms of time savings and energy savings was actually doing a planning process consistently and not sort of a faux planning process, you know, where like you basically just rewrite your list of to-dos and then you look at your calendar and you're like, this seems good. I think if I have a good week, I'm just going to be able to get everything done. What we realized was we needed to go extreme with our planning. We needed to identify, hey, what is the one thing we're going to be able to do this week that's going to have a disproportionate impact on our results? We needed to set aside substantial amounts of time for unexpected things to happen or unexpected work to get put on our plate. And now that I'm a mom, I even set aside even more time for that kind of thing. And we needed to actually calendarize our, our to-do list, meaning we place our to-do lists literally in our calendar when we're planning on doing them, which gives us the best probability that they're actually going to happen rather than just being like wishful tasks on our list. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So yeah, because what you want to avoid is like leaving a super stressful, overworked corporate job to then be like stressed and overworked in your business. Totally. And that's so common because people, you know, what's funny about the corporate world is it could actually be so ideal for people because you have benefits, you have a secure paycheck, but 
because of the culture and toxicity that exists in corporate, most corporate cultures, people are desperate to leave. Right. And, you know, they don't offer any flexibility for moms, yada, yada, yada. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just, to me, it's so funny because they could so easily fix those problems. Um, but people choose instead the more difficult path of entrepreneurship. And that's really telling, but yeah, I mean, so many entrepreneurs are similarly burnt out because they're being told to work harder, longer hours, like, oh, you're not getting results. Well, you must not be putting in the time and the effort. But what's way more important than the time that you spend on your business is just the quality of time that you spend on your business. You know, you could be spending an hour answering emails or choosing colors for your website, but that's really not going to be what makes the difference between having a successful business or not. Yeah, I love that. So uh, how do you guys teach people to prioritize these tasks and know when they're just wasting time or spending time doing things that don't matter versus like doing things that are more important. Yeah. So we call this having leverage. So if you think about, uh, your, like, I don't know, physics, <laughs> um, a lever is a, basically a long stick. Think like a shovel, right? When you're shoveling dirt out of the ground, is it going to be easier to dig it out with the shovel or by getting down on your hands and knees and like scooping it up with your hands? Like obviously the shovel is going to be a lot more effective, mostly because it allows you to lift a heavier weight than you would be um, on your own. So this idea of leverage applies to your to-do lists as well. Not all tasks are created equal. They look sort of equal when you stack them up on your to-do list, but leverage tasks are sort of the ones hiding out in there that are going to be getting you a lot further towards your long-term goals. So they're definitely not necessarily the hardest things to do or the most time-consuming things to do, and that's important to recognize. They're leveraged because something about them enables you to live an easier life both today, but also tomorrow and also the next day. So a really great example of this that I love from one of my clients who's a mom is she was like, Carrie, 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 I just, I don't have enough time. You know, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. Like I can't possibly fit everything I need to do into the time that I have. Like, how am I supposed to get more done? So we brainstormed a bunch of ideas. And one thing that she came up with was she was like, well, I mean, I'm spending like 15 hours a week shuttling my kids to their activities, but I don't know how to save that time. I mean, who else is going to shuttle them around? It's not like I'm, you know, rich enough to afford a private chauffeur. So we were like, okay, well, let's not give up on the idea just yet. Like, let's think more about, you know, who could potentially take over that work or how we could rearrange that schedule. And she hit upon something really great, which she was like, oh, well, actually my nephew, he just got his driver's license. You know, I could pay him a lot less than I would be paying a private chauffeur. And he's already at the kid's school and he knows his way around, you know, our neighborhood. So I could pay him to drive my kids back and forth to their activities. And she was able to do that. And so that offloaded 15 hours, not just this week, but every week for the rest of her year, possibly the years after. So it's that kind of leveraged thinking that's going to make the biggest difference for people when they're looking to see how to prioritize their list. Yeah. I love that as an example. And that's kind of something where like, it's so obvious, but we just don't right. really think of it. So yeah. Do you have any, have you noticed over the years working with people like this, any tips on getting them to help? Like, I guess, uh, notice those things in life that they could leverage. Yeah. You know, I, I keep working on this myself because like you said, they're always hiding out in plain sight. Yeah. So 
what I challenge myself to do is whenever I feel myself um, thinking something is not possible, like that's just how it is to just take a step back without judgment and re-examine that belief. It's typically what we call a limiting belief, Mm -hmm. which is when you don't believe something's possible, of course, it's never going to be possible because you don't believe it's going to be possible. So if you have instead the idea of like, well, what could I do differently that could potentially change how this reality has formed. I mean, and it could, you can practice small, you know, just take little things around the house that irk you. Like um, this is like such a small example, but just today I was thinking about how my bathroom counter is cluttered in a way that I don't like. And I'm always like frustrated, like, er, like how come (laughs) Demir doesn't keep better care of his side of the bathroom counter? I was like, well, like we could just avoid this problem altogether by reorganizing the cabinets down below the counter and I can train my cleaning lady where to put all of Demir's things, right? So, you know, I don't have to be like the nagging wife, which I hate, (laughs) uh, you know, asking him to do something that at the end of the day is really unimportant. Instead, I can redesign how my environment works so that this issue never happens. So that's just a small example, but um, it applies just the same for anything in your life. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Such helpful advice. So how did things change? How were you able to shift your, your schedule and your plan for how you run your business once you had your daughter? Yeah. So that was interesting um, because we didn't really know what we would be in for. Um, It was definitely a huge shock to our workflow. When I was pregnant, um, again, you know, the benefit of being an entrepreneur, you set your own hours. Downside is you don't really get paid maternity leave or anything like that. Um, but because of the way I was able to restructure our systems in the, in the business when I was pregnant, um, I virtually had a six-month maternity leave once she was born. And I really didn't work nearly as much. And then even when I started working again, I was working very minimally. And the way I approached that was just assuming that like I was not going to be able to work at all. And so then how was I going to be able to delegate what I was currently doing to somebody else on my team? And to my surprise, it actually didn't even look like hiring any more people. It was really more about me thinking about those systems uh, in our business and asking myself, if I had to explain to somebody else how to do this, how would I do that? And immediately you come up against that resistance where you're like, well, I'm the only one that could do that. You know, that it's just too complicated. You know, I'm, I have all this internal knowledge that somebody else doesn't have, but the more I took a look at that, I was like, well, it's really more of a decision tree. Maybe it's a complex decision tree, but I could do it. So then I started sketching this out. And in in this example, I'm thinking of uh, all of our billing that we've run through the business, which before I had Gigi, I was still doing all that myself. I was like, it's so complicated and so delicate. I don't want to trust anybody else with it. So I'm just going to do it myself. Right. But then I was like, I can't, I can't be doing this, you know, once Gigi's born. So I took a look at this decision tree and I realized it was actually so simple. (laughs) I felt so silly. A lot of these things that we think are so complex, when you really put pen to paper and you ask yourself, how am I making these decisions? How is this process working in my brain? It becomes shockingly simple. And in fact, I found a bunch of ways to improve the process just from the, the process of writing it out. So then I was able to offload that whole chunk of work um, that saved me alone, like an hour a day, just with that one process. 
Um, and to this day, I don't handle anything relating to that. My, the person who manages all that is in charge of the SOPs in charge of creating the systems. You know, now that we have over 1500 people in our membership program, it's, I mean, can you imagine, I would never have been able to do that on my own. So having Gigi was actually a great impetus for me to realize, you know, where was I thinking limiting, limiting beliefs about the systems that I could delegate. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think kids do like push you to force you to make those decisions and figure that stuff out because, you know, your time is, you look at your time a lot differently when you have kids. So yes, definitely. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Very interesting. So, um, what are some of the things, like, how do you structure your day and stuff now? Do you have like certain uh, methods of planning with the kids with, with your daughter? Yeah. So the way I think about planning right now is how do I plan for the unexpected? It's sort of like the Boy Scouts motto, like be prepared, right? So, you know, you don't want to be like over-prepared because that kind of takes the joy out of life. Um, But I do like planning in order to leave a lot of gaps for just unexpected things to happen. So I never know when Gigi's going to come down with a cold from school or when she's just going to have a really bad day or wake up from her nap really cranky, you know, and she only wants me when she's cranky. So these are things I know about her and this is just how she is. And I don't have an interest in necessarily changing her, but I can always change how I react um, to her and to my schedule. So what I've done is thought about, Hey, what are the hours in my day where I'm like 99% sure I'm not going to be interrupted? Because as parents, we can feel like, well, I'm just at the beck of call of everybody else. You know, I don't get the privilege of having uninterrupted work time. But I mean, that's true to some extent because it's just not the same as everybody else's time. Um, But it's again, you know, where's that belief going to get you? Like, that's not really a way to progress forward. So what I realized was like, I could get Demir to sort of be on call for Gigi between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. every day. Now she's 99% of the time she's sleeping during that time. So it's pretty easy responsibility for him. Going to be totally honest. Um, But you know, the house is so quiet then, you know, nobody's ringing the door. Nobody needs anything. They're all sleeping. And I was like, you know, why am I staying up so late watching Netflix when, you know, and then stressing about what I have to do the next day? Why don't I just shift my hours? Why don't I go to bed at nine, wake up at five, I get five to 7am to work. And that's when I tackle my most important work. I'm not like processing emails and stuff. Like I am like, I literally open my laptop and I grab my coffee and I'm like, this is time for me to move the most important ball forward. Mm-hmm. And some people will be like, oh, but that's such a big sacrifice. Like you're sacrificing your personal time in the evening. So like, let me tell you that was worth it for me, you know? Cause it's like, I'm not even remembering those Netflix shows I was watching. Like it's just mindless. And for me feeling waking up both refreshed because I've gotten eight hours complete of sleep. And then at 7am feeling like I don't even need to work the rest of the day. I've already done the most important thing that I had to do today. And the rest of the day is just like gravy on top. Like that feeling to me was more than worth it for shifting my working hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's sort of like, that's the biggest change I made once Gigi was born um, is sort of just like that thinking around how can I plan for the unexpected and how can I restructure my schedule to guarantee that I have a couple hours of uninterrupted work time every day? Yeah, that was the, probably the best thing that I learned from you and Demir is getting up early and getting that first, that most important thing done first 
And that's not your emails. <laughs> it's definitely oh. the thing that moves your business forward. And I, I always think about that. Anything that you're doing, can you delegate this? Can you leverage someone else to do it? So that was another really great thing I learned from you guys. Yeah, it, it's so true. And I, we're not one of those coaches that always says, well, just wake up early, you know, early bird gets the warm. It's not about that because I do recognize that some people's energy is not good in the morning. Like they're just like, mm-hmm. their brain is not fully functioning then, you know, I get that. Um, maybe it's a different time of the day. Maybe it's at night. You know, when we were first building our business, Demir used to uh, put on his headphones after I went to bed and go downstairs and just listen to um, like, I don't know how to call it, like uh, like just like pumping music uh-huh. and he would write content. Like that was his time and he would do it in the middle of the night. So heck, if that works for you, like go for it. You know, it doesn't matter like exactly what time of day it is. It doesn't matter where it is. Are you going to be uninterrupted sitting in your car using your phone as a hotspot and opening your laptop? You know, maybe you're outside school waiting for your kids. Like that's fine. It, you know, really thinking outside the box here with your workflow is what's going to get the biggest results for you. Yes. Awesome. I love it. Such great advice. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if, you know, I would love to stay in touch with your audience. Absolutely. You can find, you can find us, me, myself and my husband, Demir at lifehackmethod.com. And we also have a free training on how to pre-plan your week in just 30 minutes. That's Ooh. available at winningtheweek.com. So that's something that's, it's our most popular on-demand training. Um, and it's really a, a great process to start following every week to get those results that you're looking for. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. It's going to be a great resource. And we'll, awesome. we'll perfect. All right. Awesome. Anything else you want to leave us with? Um, no, you know, I'm just so excited for everybody listening, starting on this entrepreneurial journey or, you know, continuing with this entrepreneurial journey, you know, it's definitely hard, but I will say it's incredibly worthwhile and you're learning from one of the best. Tiffany is just like superstar entrepreneur. So hats off to you, hats off to everybody listening. And I hope to see you, um, in at lifehackmethod.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thanks.